Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. My name is Trey Kaufman, and my goal in hosting this podcast is to give listeners the nudge they need to live their very best lives. And here's a secret. I've made that my goal because it's exactly what happened in my own life. Through these conversations with amazing individuals, I've discovered that the struggle is part of the process. In this conversation, Sean mentions the book Zen in the Art of Archery, and a key takeaway from his experience with that book is that each step in shooting an arrow, from drawing the bow to releasing, is as important as the end result. It made me remember to appreciate the input, all of our hard work and setbacks, as much as the output. If you enjoy my conversation with Sean, all I ask is that you leave the Mosaic Life podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please and thank you. Sean and I got super into this conversation and we ended up talking for an hour and 20 minutes, so I'm going to keep this short. Sean created one of my favorite products in this world, and if you're following me on Instagram, you've undoubtedly seen me slamming it into the ground with a furious look on my face, and I couldn't be happier each time I get to do it. Sean Richardson is a husband and father of two. He's the owner of the Bodybuilding and Mobile Functionality Hammer, aka the Banff Hammer, He's a former national finalist on American Ninja Warrior, and he has a broad fitness career made up of an extensive list of things that don't work. I couldn't be more thrilled to welcome him to the podcast, my friend, Sean Richardson. Sean, how's it going, brother? Dude, it is It is good. It has been a productive day, which I have trouble in and of myself calling a day productive, so... To be able to say that a day has been productive is is good, especially since it's only three o'clock in the afternoon or yes. three fifteen. So, you well, know, we're we're doing all right. That's amazing, man. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um, I don't know about you, uh, you know, for sometimes as an entrepreneur, I I I can you know objectively get a lot of work done, but I still feel like I have so much left to do. So you know, allowing myself the opportunity to say it's been productive, I, mean, I feel like that's a win. So I mean, I don't know if you're the you know the same as I am, but uh, I mean, it sounds like so far it's been a pretty good day for you. Yeah, you know, I I, I find myself in a similar similar place where I've really in you know through various conversations with my wife and uh, a couple other people that I trust, just being kind of forcing myself into a position where. You, at the beginning of each day, you go, okay, there's always 4 million things that have got to get done yes. if you own your own business. And, um, but like, I also have kids. I yeah. also have a wife. Um, so, uh, I would say I also have a life, but that would be a lie. Um, you know, so you just have to go, all right, today, if this, this, and this get done, the day was successful. Everything yeah. that goes on top of that is, is gravy. Yes. Um, you know, and leaving myself a little room to get derailed, uh, in terms of, you know, cause I work in my garage. So every now and then I'll just look at something and go, I want a better version of that. <laughs> and it becomes a, a, you know, the day becomes, all right, you're now I'm rebuilding my camping stick or whatever, 
thing I've had to make up in order to make my job work. Um, yeah. Well, you know, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I want to, I'm curious to know a little bit more about what you're thinking in terms of, uh, sure. a better version. But at f- first I want to, I want to give you credit because I have to tell you every time I post a video of myself slamming a hammer, uh, lifting a hammer or whatever. That is the most, those are the most engaging posts on social media that I've ever got. So if I can thank anybody for helping growing my community, following whatever it is, I have to thank you. So I, I appreciate <laughs> that, that, man. Good, I, I appreciate good, good. everything. You know, I, I, my, I got into it, uh, kind of on a, a lark. So the fact that you're enjoying it is, is huge, man. And I love that. So, uh, it's, it's one of the things that, that makes it work. So I'm glad. Absolutely. And it's, it's been, you know, I I know previously we had spoken about, uh, I I think we both share the same mentality about actually going to the gym. I, you know, I've never been a gym rat. I've never really had a strong desire to go work out in front of other people. There's not necessarily anything wrong with people who do enjoy that, but I've always, I've always liked kind of doing things just a little bit different, finding new ways to experience staying fit. And I don't know, this just, this just fit perfectly into that. I mean, is that kind of the mentality you took when you started to develop this product? Um, well, I guess partially, I mean, I've, I've, I think I've always appreciated, um, I don't know if the pursuit of excellence is the right way of saying it, but becoming a student of, of a particular craft. So I, I have an acting degree, um, for whatever, that's worth, which is not much. But um, <laughs> um, when uh, when I was in school, uh, one of the courses that I took assigned a book uh, called Zen in the Art of Archery. And I still have the book, um, but it's, it's a kind of a diary of this guy's pursuit of um, traditional memory services, traditional Japanese, like... Uh, uh, samurai style yeah. longbow archery and how in that methodology in that thought process hitting the target is not as important as you know what what i kind of thought of as like a a western highly competitive um archery style right it's the entire process from uh you know you the the mental preparation of the archer going to go shoot uh to the the way you string your bow and the way you look at your arrows like every bit of it is part of this process and taking um special care in the pursuit of excellence from beginning to end so the moment that you release the arrow like it's a culmination of all of this stuff. Yes. And, um, you know, I juxtapose that with when I started, you know, training, when I started going to the gym and it was all about acquire a certain aesthetic, get your body to look a certain way. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with that. It just does. It didn't motivate me. Right. Um, you know, because I am a very, I'm not glass half empty. I'm like, that glass is half empty and it's going to break. And one day the sun will explode <laughs> and we're all going to die. Right. Um, I can be, I'm can be highly pessimistic when left to my own devices. So, you know, the idea of 
continuing to inflict what is a modicum of damage onto my system, just going, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. I don't like how this is. I don't like how this is. I don't like how this is. With the hope that one day I would wake up and go, oh, I finally like myself. It's like, that is not a great return on investment for me. You know, it's just, uh, and so it started, I, I was always the type of guy who was like, I would rather go play a pickup game of Ultimate Frisbee with some friends. Right. Um, or, you know, do something fun. And the thing about the hammer that I kind of discovered and uh, along the way is if if I spend, if I go out and I'm like, okay, I want to, I know this movement and this movement and this movement, but I want to try and make them flow together. Yes. Um, so that the end of my third movement is the start of my first movement and I can switch from hand to hand and just see how many of them I can stack or, um, you know, now the, the hammer and I are, are kind of pursuing something interesting together and it may not work. Uh, I've been, um, I've been building some programming recently and, uh, for some, some online, uh, some online coaching content that we're going to be releasing hopefully in the first quarter this year. And there's a, a flow sequence that um, I have one of them done, but I've, I'm building a long hammer, long handled hammer program uh, for the first time. And there's just this sequence that's confounded me. So for the past two weeks, whenever I've gone out, it's, I take a small long handled hammer and I, like, I think I have the first three movements, four yeah. movements down and it's going, okay, well, I need to get back to here. So what's the most logical thing? What happens next? Um, and then taking, you know, when it doesn't make sense, you take it and go, okay, well, what's not making sense? Am I, have I lost my focus? Like, have I forgotten what we're trying to do and then go back to the beginning? And I think I've rearranged the first three movements two or three times at this point, Yeah, you know, but it's, um, you can easily build two out a two hour training session that way. And you've been moving for two hours, moving and thinking and moving and thinking. Um, and, uh, it, for me, it's, it's more rewarding. It's much easier to go outside when it's cold and, and get work in. Um, not that it gets that cold down here in Atlanta, but <laughs> yeah, man, don't talk to me about cold. I think yes. it's about 12 <laughs> degrees right now. Um, yeah. no, but I mean, I, the, uh, I, I, without getting, trying to be too profound, I mean, it's a, it's a great metaphor for life. And, you know, instead of just focusing on hitting the target, actually, you know, taking each step of the process and mastering it. So the end result is what you not, I mean, it is what you were looking for. You, you've got, you know, great aim, but you're enjoying each element of the process. I mean, it is, I, I don't want to compare. I mean, you can correct me if, if you would compare it, but I mean, I think about what you talk about in regard to flowing with the hammer, which I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, it's very similar to yoga. I mean, you are moving from, from position to position in a flow state and you're doing it in a way that actually feels natural and it feels good and it allows you to focus on things like your breathing and mm-hmm. focus the things like staying mindful. And it's just incredibly powerful when you're able to get to that place. It, it really is. Um, and I think I, I would love to take more credit uh, than I am due for that. But the world of, um, you know, steel mace, um, the, the unconventional athlete from, you know, kettlebell, uh, these long form kettlebell competitions, um, long form mace competitions where you're, you know, these guys, uh, these athletes are 
you know, they're doing um, 10 minute unbroken depth where, you know, where it's, it really is about the mental state that you're in um, and just seeing so much more enjoyment there. Um, And, you know, I still like to lift It, it. every now and then it's it's something that i've kind of drifted away from for a little while but uh you know it's the thing that i compare it to is a musical instrument and i don't play a musical instrument because i could not carry a tune in a bag same but do so bad um but if you've ever you know jazz as a musical art form is it can't be played by somebody who doesn't know what all the rules are right you have to know what all the rules are so you can break the rules in a way that sounds good. Yeah. Fitness is a lot like that, you know, in, but there are these, you know, biomechanical markers of movement and they're slightly different for everybody. There are, are rules that you can't break, but then there are wiggle places, you know, you could, you could hop on any social media platform right now and find an incredible, incredibly volatile argument about <laughs> squat mechanic. Yeah. Um, and I know people on all sides of it, but you know, knowing that you, you're, you're working, you're getting started. So knowing that when you slam your hammer, it's going to connect correctly. Right. Nine times out of 10. Right is a long process yes. to get to that point. And it could be a very frustrating process. Um, but once you have that down, you know, you can start kind of going, okay, well, I just want to mess and see if I can do this, this, and this. Um, and, uh, and for me, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's much more enjoyable of a process than, you know, here's my expectation of what I should be able to lift today and how many reps and you do the work and you feel great, but you catch yourself in the mirror and you're like, I still don't like this about myself. <laughs> well, crap. Um, yeah. What was the last hour for? Um, and that's not to say it was for nothing, right. but it's much more. I, I view the world of Western fitness, specifically American fitness, as very. is broken in a lot of ways because the the end goal at least in my mind like you you're trying to help people get healthier and we're just see, we see obesity numbers going up and oh, up yeah. and up yeah yeah so to to me i look at the argument of you know what methodology creates the best athlete and i'm like 0.0001% of people are arm wrestling over who does it the best and the number of people who aren't doing it at all is increasing. Yeah. That's a problem. And that's not to say that there isn't room in the world for, you know, CrossFit to go, we make the fittest athlete. I still think you're going to lose to a, a JV basketball player <laughs> in a game of pickup hoops. So right. framing the debate is a little bit important, but you know, how, how often does the fitness community reach out to those who say, have had terrible experiences and would never get off the couch. Right. Because they're the ones who need it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, how terrible is the fate of being trapped in your own body, sitting on a couch, unable to do the things you want to the point you give up? Um, you know, to me, that's, 
it's like putting yourself in the cage. Yeah. So um, I would much rather help decrease the number of people who don't move at all than create the thing that makes the fittest athlete on the planet. You can't even do that. Right. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's an incredible pursuit. And I, I, I so applaud you for that because I mean, yeah, this, uh, I, I have become very passionate about health, wellness, nutrition, especially over the last couple of years. And I mean, I just, you know, seeing, understanding the difference between, between eating well and eating not so well. I mean, that's a, that's a huge gap and it's hard to talk with people because they get extremely defensive about it. Sure. Um, you know, you made a point about, uh, you know, you compared working out or, you know, working out with the hammer similar to jazz, which I really like that comparison. And yeah, I, I like what you said about having to know the rules to be able to do it well. I, um, you know, I wanted to bring this up because I, I've, I think I told you before, I've, I've been a runner for all of my life. I, I ran track in, in middle school. I've always done some sort of distance running. I, you know, when I'm in shape and I'm, I'm not in the greatest running shape right now, but I can go out, I can run 10 miles. I can feel great. I can go, I can go climbing for a bit afterwards. And I, I feel good. But when I combine, you know, slams and presses, or, you know, slams and squats. And for two minutes that it's, I think you've called a metabolic conditioning previously and correct me if I'm wrong. I just, I'm dead. And it's, that, mm -hmm. I think it's that, you know, I, I, I've never done CrossFit before and it's just that type of training that I've not used to. And from what I understand, it's, it's so much better for you in getting into that great condition. But I, I just, I don't talk to me about that because I don't fully understand. And, and I, I know that I can do better at it. Sure. So, you know, part of my background is, uh, in fitness, I've kind of dabbled in everything. Um, I've, I've either, you know, trained it in my own like training pursuit or coached a couple of different things. I've coached boot camps where, you know, people were bringing out their own dumbbells. So you're dealing with really low weight and lots of body weight. And I love, you know, game-based play, um, for adults. You want to see a group of fitness people get really, really enthusiastic, have them play, Fitness duck duck goose. <laughs> Wait, so, what is that? Okay, so it, I mean, I used to try and take as many kids' games as possible and turn them into hour long, you know, workout yes. games. Um, so fitness duck duck goose is you know you have a group of you know ten people, twenty people, however many you have out in class, and you have them all hold the push up position, facing outward. Yeah or inward, however, it doesn't matter. Um, and then you have the person doing, you know, the goose right. walks around, duck, 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 uh, everybody's holding plank. And then they tap goose, the person, they've got a 50 meter run to the cone. <laughs> so he taps goose, they're off, they're off sprinting. The class, everybody that was not picked, they're doing push-ups nice. until the group gets back, okay? And then whoever returns, if they switch, they don't, it doesn't matter. Everybody flips onto, onto their butt and you're holding a pipe position, so yeah. knees or a tuck position, so knees up close to the chest, hands balanced above the ground, and you're just holding. And then the person goes around, duck, duck, duck. So it's duck, duck, goose. Yeah. You're just doing... It's not a quick little run around the circle. It's a fifty me a twenty-five meter, a fifty meter, a hundred meter, however wrong wrong you want to be as a coach. And then you give the athletes something simple. It can be like 
have them hold squat position and then they're doing air squats while the run happens. You know, really, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, so I've done that. And then I got a gig working at a, um, a, a CrossFit, a J, it was a CrossFit competitor. So, you know, they, it was a, a functional fitness style gym right. where you're dealing with um, Olympic lifts. So we're doing cleans and snatches and, and jerk. Um, you've got your strength element. So there's deadlifting, uh, bench pressing, squatting. Uh, you're doing kettlebells. You're doing kipping pull-ups, which kind of hate um I, I don't hate them i like them in a highly specific context right um but in terms of metabolic conditioning you know when you're dealing with strength elements you're you're increasing the maximal output capacity of your of your musculature right so you know if we're talking deadlift a, a strength element is going to be the type of program that is going to put pounds on your max effort deadlift, your one rep max, everything on the floor. You might throw up afterwards. Deadlift. <laughs> um, metabolic conditioning is more taking the, taking this, like the parameters of what you are functionally capable of accessing. Right for a longer duration of time. So moving past your, your anaerobic threshold um, into your aerobic threshold and kind of pushing the limits of what your body is able of, is capable of taking. Right. So a lot of times that looks like a short run and, you know, some kettlebell swings for an Olympic lift at, you know, less than, somewhere around 60%, you know, between 40 and eh, maybe 70% of your one rep max, depending on what the rep scheme looks like. Right. Um, and, you know, setting that on where you're chasing time or you're putting some sort of get after it element onto that training to encourage either competition or um, competition with others, competition with self to just take where your body would ordinarily stop and go, we're not stopping here today. Yeah. Um, and there, there are a couple of different, you know, you could probably find 10 different explanations of what that should practically look like on, on a regular basis. Was it, uh, Goggins talks about the 40% rule, yep. which is when yeah. you feel like you're done, you've actually got 40% left in the, you're only at 40%. Um, but you know, then, then we start dealing with questions of it, it gets bigger than what can you do? Now there's a question of what should you do? Right. What's the most wise thing to do? Are you, how often are you training? What does your fitness, uh, you know, what's your food look like? There's a whole lot that goes into it. So, um, a lot of the way that I administrate Metcon in with hammer stuff is, it's very personal yes. in terms of going like you're, let's say you're doing a Tabata of slams. If you're not familiar with Tabata, it's four minutes of 20 seconds of work and 10 seconds of rest. Okay. Um, and it's meant to be absolutely frying. Like if you do a Tabata, right, you could not do another rep. Like you have to leave it all out on the table in four minutes. Yeah. And that's the problem that a lot of people get into when it comes to Tabata is they leave some in the tank so yeah. that, metabolic conditioning doesn't um 
you know, isn't put at its threshold. But, you know, when I do a Metcon or a, a Tabata of slams, I've got my first two rounds where I'm going to do, you know, I'm constantly trying to do as many slams as I can. Yeah. But then as I feel myself starting to flag each time I do a new round, it's like, okay, let's say in 20 seconds, I knock out 18 slams in the first round and I'll try and keep up 18 slams for as long as I can. And then as soon as I miss, I know I'm not going to hit 18 slams. Then it becomes a, all right, I only did 16 that time. I'm going to, I'm going to hit 16 the next time. Oh, I didn't get 16 or, but I hit 14. So we're going to do 14 again. And then I'm starting to feel a little better. Do I have 15? No. So it's, you know, I'm constantly chasing this number rather than going, do you have any left? Well, that becomes subjective. Like instead of I'm chasing this number, I'm chasing this number. Right. Um, Or can I do one more rep? Can I do, can I pause in a, uh, I I did a a ladder of um, snatches with the hammer yesterday. And, you know, in, in the, uh, in the rounds where I've got more rest time, you know, I'm trying to pause on top. I'm trying to make sure that I'm getting stable. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not rushing. Yeah. So um, the metabolic conditioning can, can kind of show itself in a lot of different ways. It's not a one size fits all, but it, it, it follows. I'm about to say it, it does. It's not one size fits all, but it does follow a very kind of, there's like a cone shape of metabolic conditioning falls into this range. Sure. Um, it'd be nice if this was on video because I just made a nice <laughs> B shape with my hands, but that's not for everybody. Right. As well. And that's okay too. Um, the, the luxury of not having to, um, to go and hunt and gather our food is we have plenty of time to argue about asinine crap. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I, so, and I know you brought up Goggins a few minutes ago and I, I did want to ask, um, I mean, he, he has a very specific way of speaking. If you've ever listened to him speak, if you've ever read, uh, can't hurt me, I think it's called, you can, you, you know, you know, the type of person he is and it's, it can be extremely inspirational, but he says himself, he's, he's not for everybody. He's trying to reach that small percentage of people who are trying to push themselves further and further. And I've, I've spoken with yeah. other people who are in your space before, and they, I've always got a mixed reaction as to how they feel about, you know, what message he portrays. And I, I like him. I, I do find him inspirational. I'm just curious, you know, what your thoughts are actually being in the space. And I mean, do you see a lot of people who have taken inspiration for him from him or do you see you know um you know i i i know people who are familiar i'm like i i tend not to and it, this is not intentional sure but like we don't i i am casually familiar with goggins like gotcha. occasionally yeah, yeah. you you know one of his his posts pops up and you're just like man that guy's fired up but i'm also you know i i've I've read several of Jocko Willing's books and I've yes. listened to a lot of his podcasts, yeah. but I had to stop following him because I started to feel crappy that I don't get up at the same time, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but that's a personal thing. Like right. I, I struggle with a very self deprecating, um, to the point of unhealthy attitude. So 
you know, guys like Goggins and, um, and Jocko and, and some of these like extreme, um, personalities there. I, I love that they exist. I think yeah. the world needs them. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the place that it lands me personally is, is one of just feeling like I'm, I'm not enough. And I feel like that all the time anyway, so I don't need to have that reinforced. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's one of those things where I can, I can look at what, and I hate to run. I just hate <laughs> to run. So there's only so much like yeah. Goggins is out turning in like 200 miles and right. you're just like, somebody's got to do it. Glad it's you, homie. Yeah. Like if I, if the carrier pigeon dies, we'll tap David Goggins to run between the zombies. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, but, uh, it's just never really been my jam. Yeah. Um, well, but uh, I think there's, there's something, the, the thing about fitness is there's a little bit of it for everyone. Like, you know, my, my wife got, uh, she won Christmas this year because she got an adventure fit for my kids. My kids have a Nintendo switch. Nice. And it's, um, are you familiar with it at all? I uh, no, I'm not. not I'm, okay. I'm, I'm familiar with the switch, so, but not the adventure fit. Yeah. So adventure fit, it, there's a leg strap that one of the handles goes in and then there's this loop and it's a loop of hard plastic that has some give to it. So you can compress it. And on, the other handle goes in the, the strap the, or the, the loop and you play a game on the TV and it's stuff like, you know, you're battling this monster and you, Oh, it's doing this. You have to squat and do this nice. and then do high knees. And then you take the loop and you press it against your stomach and it's an ab brace, but affecting effectively it's a standing plank. And it's, it, I would say the bits and pieces of it that I've seen are incredibly well thought out. Um, and now, you know, we, we have to pull my son off it. Um, where it's like, buddy, I'm glad you played that for four hours today, but you know, now we're talking, he's, he's nine and we're having conversations about delayed onset muscle soreness. Yeah. Um, and why he needs to drink more water, which is a great problem to have Absolutely. because, you know, my, and my son is more active than my daughter is. And she loves it too, because it's a game, you know, it's, and, and honestly, I'm the only person in my house that doesn't use it. Like, and it's one of those things where I'm going, I'm not going to do it because I, I can't, I like, I need to be spending, I have a hard enough time getting myself out of the garage, building hammers and going yeah. out into the backyard to do my sessions. So I can't, can't handle another distraction. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's, there's a bit of it for everybody. The, the goal, you know, the, the problem with the fitness industry as it exists in our culture is it's it's sold on a lie yeah fitness is sold on a lie and it's this lie of you're not worthy yeah you're not enough and i don't think um i don't think and of, of course i know this because it, you don't get products sold by telling somebody they're good enough right you get a product sold by telling somebody they're not good enough absolutely um you know and that's you know fitness more than almost any other uh market does that but to go 
oh, you're not who you are as a person is not is not worth is not worthy. It's not it's not worthy of love. It's not worthy of affection. And you see that's that's what's underlying the way that fitness marketing sells product. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I just, I, I want to say, I, I want to talk more about that. Cause I mean, I mean, you, you've made uh, some comments, you know, about being self-deprecating and you, you even mentioned, you know, finally liking yourself. And that's, that's something that as somebody who's in the fitness space, of course, you're going to deal with, but also as going back to our conversation about being an entrepreneur, that is something you're going to deal with. It's something I deal with constantly. And I'm just, I'm curious how, how you personally handle that in your own life. I, um, <laughs> I, I, you make an assumption that I'm handling it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, man, I, I, I've, I've, I've been following you for, I don't, I don't know, let's just say six months. I finally bought a hammer in September. I, I, I respect you. I mean, you're, you're a built guy. I, you know, I, I look at you and I wish, Hey, I wish I had the muscle Sean does. And so I understand what it's like to, to want more out of yourself. I personally just uh, learned the term orthorexia, which I had never heard before. You know, you think oh yeah, of, that one's that one's new. That one's new to the DSM five. Yeah, and I'm not that one didn't exist in the four. I'm not surprised, but as I as I read about it at first, I was like, this is so stupid. This is just another with another disability or, or diagnosis for a psychologist to make about somebody. But then I realized. You know, if I wasn't careful, I could probably fall into some of these spaces because I oh, yeah. I don't eat out because I don't trust the food that I'm eating. I, I make all of my mm -hmm. own meals. And I, I mean, I can go deep into my own health and wellness and nutrition habits. And sure. it probably falls closely within the the uh, the definition of orthorexia. And I, 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 I want to have a stronger conversation with that at, at some point in time. But I'm just curious from your standpoint, I mean, what do you do, man? I mean, because how do you look in the mirror every single day and say, I'm, I'm a badass. I, I am going to continue making these hammers because they're affecting people's lives in a positive way. And it, it feels really freaking good to be able to do that. Um, well, I don't, um, <laughs> I, I don't look at myself in the mirror and think that, uh, I like, and my, my wife can attest to this, uh, every couple of weeks I get really, really down going, I don't have the, the body type that I would expect in an ad for a piece of fitness equipment. Sure. And so, you know, I'm, and the, it, it kind of harkens back to a conversation, you know, what we were just talking about, which is the way fitness equipment is marketed. Um, you know, I, I've tried to make humor a fairly large part of our advertising campaign because it, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like self-defense, but, um, I had a buddy, uh, we, we filmed an ad, uh, with a friend of mine who lives out in San Diego. Great guy. His name's Jared. He's stacked, you know, cut up like great looking dude. Um, and, uh, one of the comments that we got was like, oh yeah. And I'm sure this, you know, the hammer is the only thing this guy used to make that body. And I'm like, no, of course it's not. Of course not. Right. Did you, do you remember the shake weight commercials? <laughs> like those people were shredded out of their minds using the shake weight. The shake weight made more money than any other piece of fitness equipment the year that it launched onto the open market. Oh, it was crazy. a life changing sale yeah. for the people who made it. Yeah. And, but you know, so for people to go, Oh, well he doesn't, I'm like, yeah, dude, nobody does. Nobody does. Like, the 
I remember reading an article, uh, a guy, an interview a guy did. He was one of these dudes who probably 15 years ago, he showed up on the, I can't remember his name, but he would, you know, he would make the circuits where you'd see this one model on, he would do muscle and fitness. And then the next month he was on men's health. And the next month he was on, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, he's rocking 4% body fat and, you know, just out of his mind. Yeah. And the interview was him going, okay, as a consumer of media, as a consumer of, of fitness marketing, I take all of those pictures in a two week period of time. Yeah. That guy doesn't live like that. Right. He talked about, you know, okay, so I know when I start the photo shoot in on the 1st of August and I have to maintain that body mass through the 13th of August. Yeah. I know that if I start cutting on, you know, June 1st and I drop my caloric intake down to X and then I stop drinking water more than eight ounces a day on July you know, whatever. I'm just making up numbers. But right, like July right. 26, he is sufficiently dehydrated um, by the 1st of August that he can back to back do all these shoots and have this incredible physique and then be able to go on with his life and and start the cycle again. So he goes through a bulk and a cut the same way anybody else does. But because as consumers of fitness production, we see him on a magazine in March and then on a magazine in April and then on a magazine in June and then on a magazine in July and then on a magazine in August looking the same, the perception as a consumer is that that's, that's just how that guy looks. Right. And it's just not true. But if nobody tells you that, like you kind of have to be on the inside of it for somebody to go, Oh, like, yeah, that's how this, I used to, um, I used to, uh, run a gym with a guy, um, it, what, we didn't own the gym, but he he ran the classes in the morning and I ran them at night. Yeah. And when he was on the um, uh, when he was going to college, uh, he took a course in uh, fitness marketing, where they were like, okay, here's how you take a 200 page study from a fitness, you know, the efficacy of green coffee extract. Right. And you, here's the whole thing, and here's how you take the, you know, the one sheet that goes through and analyzes all of that data and turn it into an 8,000 word article for muscle and fitness. Yeah. And you know, it's like be vague about green tea extract improves <laughs> fat loss. How much? Well, 0. 0.001 grams of fat more was lost by the group. Okay. Well, we're certainly not going to talk about specifics because we're trying to sell green tea, green right. coffee extract or whatever it is. Um, so but in terms of what keeps me going, so I have a, in my shop, I have a whiteboard um, that I use to keep track of like what hammers I have to make and where they're going and what color handle. It's just easy so I can take a look at it. But yeah. up on there are a handful of things that people have said to me over the years that I'm just like, okay, I need to, I need to be constantly confronted with somebody who I respect Absolutely. going this, this means a lot. Like I like your product. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, Pat McNamara is probably the biggest adopter of the hammer. Um, he's, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. He's an athlete and he's special ops. He helps kind of retool the way Delta 
force does uh, the delta forces did strength training um got a, a, a pretty big following i got a chance to go up and uh train with him at his house once uh brought him some hammers and you know kind of chopped it up with him about some technique stuff but he was like dude this is my favorite piece of equipment That's and amazing. and i'm like huh? <laughs> you really um and you know i'm not trying to toot my own horn but his thing was like it's functional out of the box it's yeah. ready to go there's yeah. a lot you can do with it if you know what you're doing and he was like you built it so that it wouldn't fall apart and which was huge because when i was you know when i was first starting i'm like there are a couple of things i'm not going to scrimp on and one of them is i don't want to make a product that falls apart yeah um so things like that there are a couple of those quotes up on the board where every now and then when you know, I'm staring at more, you know, cutting down more rubber or I haven't had a sale in a couple of days or whatever. It's, it's just right in front of my face to go, no, this means something to certain people. And I've kind of half jokingly said, if I, my, I have a comic book nerds upbringing, I was just scared into going to the gym one day in college. Like, I had a roommate kick in my door literally <laughs> and was like, get up. We're going to the gym. And I was like, what? And he goes, shut up. I need a spotter. <laughs> and, uh, I just, okay. I'm at the gym with Mike now. Um, and, uh, so, and that's kind of how it was yeah. like, Mike's going, Hey, tomorrow we're going to the gym. I'm like, but I have, he goes, I didn't stutter tomorrow. We're going to the, okay, Mike. I mean, he was a he was a senior. I was a sophomore living in a like right. a four person apartment off campus. It's the only reason I wasn't in a dorm. Yes, Mike, we're going to the gym. Um, Spider Man was my best friend. You know, yeah. Captain America was the idol. It was this. You know, it, there's nerd stuff deep in my blood. If you want to get super, like we can we could probably go pretty deep into some very nerdy comic book junk yes. if you would like uh if you want to stay in the marvel sphere i was never a super big dc guy but i've always kind of said the hammer might be the thing that got somebody who grew up with comic book characters as their best friend to get into the gym and off the couch because i remember what it was like for me looking at these these characters with completely unrealistic body shapes and you know, the comic book industry is proof that men are marketed to with just as unrealistic of expectations as right. women are on a regular basis. Um, but uh, except the boys have less hope because they're generally nerdier. Um, it's like, oh, the, how do they have no body fat <laughs> ever? Does no body fat come with a mutation? Is that right. how it works? Right. I get adamantium claws and a hypermetabolism. How's it go? Um but I remember, you know, being in the gym going, okay, well, I guess that's the goal. You know, I would love to look like that. And then it taking several years to go, I'm never going to look like that. I'm going to try as hard as I can. And I'm never going to look like that because it's animated. And it sounds stupid to make that realization, but like, um, but the thing that was different about the hammer was I felt like a superhero the moment I picked it up. Yeah, man. The moment I started training, I was like, this feels pretty cool. Um, and so if I can, and the science worked, but if, uh, 
you know, if there are people out there that feel like there's nothing for them, there's something for them. Yes. As long as it's not being peddled by assholes. Yeah. Um, which in the fitness industry can be a big ask. It's yeah. getting better. It's getting a lot better. But as of like 15 years ago, that was a big, you know, you're, you hear more and more when resolution season comes around, you know, people hop online and they're like, look, the person who showed up for the first time in 15 years, they do deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. They're not where you are, but they're trying and the effort means something. Absolutely. So we should be there for them. Um, yes, you know more. You took a different path. That person can probably do your taxes. <laughs> um, you know, we all have something to bring to the table. Um, and that's that's a lot of what I have to kind of constantly remind myself of is, you know, those those starting places. Um, yeah. And I, <clears throat> I you're um, you know, I think I said this to you before, the way that you. I don't, I don't know how I want to put this the way that I guess that you ease people into their training with a hammer. It's, it's fantastic because like I said, I, you know, I've got a, I've got runner's body. I've never been a, a big guy. I've, I've had some strength before, but I usually let that, uh, slide in mm-hmm. preference to, you know, being, uh, able to run a seven minute mile. And so you starting your 12 week program, which, you know, again, I, I feel is fantastic because you, you, you offer it for free for people who purchase or even for people who don't purchase the hammer on YouTube. It's just, it's been such a, a great way. And you, you, like you said, you are, you, you've got a very good on, uh, on camera personality. So it, it's very welcoming. Uh, they're, they're very easily digestible videos and it's a great way to get comfortable with the movement movements for somebody who traditionally, when I went to the gym, I was doing, I, I was, you know, I was the bench press guy. I was the mm-hmm. curl guy. I was the, you know, uh, skull smasher guy. I, I never did really dynamic movements before. So you've really helped me get into it. And so I, I cool, anybody great. can do so. I, I, I love to hear that. I mean, and it's, it, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, just what, like a faulty perception of success. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, for the majority of people, success might be just showing up even though you didn't want to. Right. And walking on the treadmill for five minutes when something bad happened. Turning to, you know, turn to a squat rack instead of a box Oreos when something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, go for a run instead of go for a bottle. Uh, and, but we we judge um our our you know and i'll i'll pick on crossfit here crossfit is um it's i think it's important to remember that crossfit is like kleenex kleenex is a brand yeah facial tissue is facial tissue kleenex is a brand of facial tissue right so crossfit is a brand in a sphere an attitude about fitness um but and and i think that sport has made a lot of very good adaptations and changes since its inception. Yeah. I think that's had a lot to do with uh, leadership and things like that. Um, but when it really was starting to get going, um, like th- when, when there was a CrossFit gym on every corner, uh, my wife and I were living in Los Angeles at the time. And I think they were HQ'd out of San Diego. I, wouldn't swear to that, but I think that's where their HQ was. And I remember there were uh, 
there were two CrossFit gyms so close to each other by my apartment that somebody with a decent arm could have played catch <laughs> between the two. It was just like down, um, you know, probably 200 meters, 200 meters. It, probably, it wasn't even that far, uh, but it was down Lancashire Boulevard on either side of the street. Yeah. And it was when everybody and their dad was making a CrossFit gym. And the, but the, the, the attitude of, competition healthy friendly competition drives a lot of people yes um you know it's wanting to win the workout is is a big motivator yeah the problem with it is the most elite athletes in the world don't train that way yeah the people who you know maddie rogers is uh she's an olympic weightlifter phenomenal athlete um she uh she went to the olympics this past summer summer uh, i think she just uh made like made a new world record for her weight class at um at worlds like just monster but she doesn't metcon you know she's not racing the class right um she trains differently and it's not to say one's good or one's bad it becomes a question of outcome if the outcome you're looking for is Go to the gym four days out of seven. Whatever it takes to get you there, yeah. might is it might be worth entertaining. If the goal is put a gold medal around your neck with your com- with your country's flag on your back, you're gonna have to do things a little bit more a little bit differently and a little bit more intentionally. Yeah. And one is not better than the other. Um, but for me having a competition every day is a bit like taking a pop quiz every day of an AP history class. If you take a quiz every day, you actually don't have much time to learn anything. Yes. Um, unless it's, we're going to answer the same couple of questions all the time. And so you're like, well, I answered A the first day and I was wrong. And I answered B the second day and I was wrong. So today we'll try C and okay, right. C is right. So I remember the answer to that one is C. Um, it can be a little bit of trial and error. The the gym that uh, that I was coaching out of that was kind of CrossFit adjacent, we, we I don't know if we got, we kind of took some leeway in terms of going, no, we're going to spend more time doing skill. We're going to spend more time you know, we have to put the the scores in for for the day. It was something that the the company did, where you could take your workout and look online and see what everybody else did. Yeah. But I was like, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. Right. Um. You know, if your squat, uh, let's see, Cal Dietz. Cal Dietz is a fantastic strength and conditioning coach. Uh, he's got a great book called Triphasic Training. If you guys are interested, um, like big brain type fitness stuff. But um, he's a, a, I think currently he's a strength and conditioning coach for the Olympic national throwing team. Nice. Um, and he set out early in his career with a, a, a simple question. He's like, okay, I've got two guys throwing shot, put. they both bench press 405 for eight reps, but one throws 10 yards farther than the other. Why? And he just set about trying to answer that question, like, and genuinely set about trying to answer it, where there's no judgment on what the answer itself is. He right. just wanted to know why. 
and he had no preconceived notions about what the answer was, or at least in his book, he doesn't allude to any preconceived notions he might add. Yeah. And what he discovered is the athletes that threw farthest were able to tr- make the transition through isometric from concentric or from eccentric loading to concentric loading the fastest. So if you've got a V on a, on a chart, you know, your X axis is time and your Y axis is barbell movement. Yeah. The athlete that can under control, pull the weight to the body and then transition through isometric and press in the shortest amount of time throws farther. So what's that mean? It means it's possible to see a lot of improvement in an athlete when the number on the bench actually doesn't go up. Like you could spend three months with an athlete benching the same amount of weight, but if the transition from eccentric to concentric gets faster, they are improving. But as a facility, if the only thing you're marking is how many reps at what load, then the, the progress isn't properly being tracked. And I guess I say that to go, the world of fitness is so big. It's so big. It's so broad. It's so vast that coming up with something that's one size fits all is impossible. Right. There's, it's honestly a reason why Planet Fitness is so successful. Yeah. You know, they cast a really wide net. They hope a lot of people don't show up and they limit the stuff that you can do there. So the wear and tear on the equipment prices go down and you're going to catch the biggest number of people with a net. Um, you know, elite programming doesn't catch a lot of people. Right. Elite programming catches a lot of injuries and a lot of quitting. And there's a reason why there are not a lot of Navy SEALs. Um, so I can't remember what got me talking on that. I don't know, but it, it's... Long I, you know, diatribe. <laughs> but I think you make a great point is that, I mean, when you when you start to look at your fitness and you start to think about what's motivating you have, I mean, have a reason for it. I, you can, you can go, if you, if you, if you want to compete, I mean, if that's what drives you and, you know, CrossFit, you know, as you mentioned being the, I guess the brand, or if you want, if CrossFit is what you want to do, you want to compete, then perhaps that would be the best fit for you. But if you want to constantly compete with yourself and keep improving, I don't know that that's kind of the mindset and the mentality that I'm in is I just, I want to continue to get stronger and better. I know yeah. Despite, you know, my, my love as well, probably not as much as you, but my love of Marvel and, and Thor, as much as I want to look like Chris Hemsworth, I know I'm not going to, but I can still feel like him a little bit when I'm slamming the hammer (laughs) on the ground. Yeah, dude. Like, so when the hammer first, um, I, I have never, I've never interacted with Chris. Um, I have communicated once or twice with Bobby, uh, Bobby Hanton, who is his stunt double. Nice. Um, an incredibly nice, incredibly gracious guy, um, like super humble. The the dude is a monster. That's awesome. Um, just just insane. And the stuff that um, Chris and Bobby and um, Zoko, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. There's primarily three of them running this center program. C E N T R, I think, is the name of the app. But okay. it's a training. You know, it's a lot of the guys who helped Chris create and pack on the muscle that he did, especially for Ragnarok. Um, 
are, uh, you know, they created this fitness program and there's, it's, it's very what, like the little bits that I've kind of dabbled in it, it is very well thought out. It is very well rounded. You know, there's nutrition and you can get access to a lot of stuff. Um, but it's, that's high dedication. Yes. Um, you know, and that's, it's high dedication without talking about, you know, genetic predispositions. Um, and, you know, Bobby arguably is stronger than Chris pound for yeah. pound. Bobby was a gymnast in college. Um, Chris primarily was like a, had surfer dude body. Right. Um, but Chris packs on muscle better than body Bobby does. Um, you know, I've, I've read a couple of things where Bobby talks about how hard it is for him to stay as big as Chris can get just so they can continue. Like he can continue to double him. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's me kind of, that's broad. Like when Bobby does an interview, I'll check it out. That's awesome. Um, but just because when I first made the hammer, they, the two of them and the work Chris and Bobby did to bring Thor to life uh, on the big screen was a big part of what helped cause it. Yeah. So I reached out, I just hit him up randomly on Instagram and was like, Hey dude, I, I started making fitness equipment kind of based off what you and Chris did. Yes. Um, and I, I, was, I never thought he'd get back to me, but he did. And it's been one of those things where, you know, when, so I live in Atlanta and, uh, Marvel films down, uh, South of Atlanta. Yeah. And it's just been one of those things where I, when I know he's in town, I'll hit him up and just go, Hey, if you have an afternoon, and you want to get together and mess around with the hammer and he's he's never gone stop talking to me leave me alone um so it's always been like you know we've tried to find some time and we've tried to find some time and his schedule is just bonkers yeah so i might be getting the cold shoulder but if i am getting the cold shoulder it's in a very nice way (laughs) yeah um you know and i'm because he's 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 been so kind and so gracious about kind of everything i've uh I've never, never assumed his intentions or anything other than genuine. I have no reason. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the pursuit of, of better. I like better as a term. Yeah. Um, I think we've kind of lost, uh, in, you know, I, I I do a lot of talking about the way first world cultures engage with fitness and things like that, but it is a thing of going, you know, uh, I like better in a very specific context, but, but you can only be better than you were. You can't be better than anybody else. Yeah. Um, it, it, it has, it, it doesn't pass the smell test. You just kind of have to poke it for a second. And you're just like, well, better than how better than, I mean, how do you, how do you judge it? Right. It has to get so specific, um, that it almost loses its, uh, it's meaning. Um, so for a personal pursuit, you know, I want to make a better, I want to make the hammer in the best way that I can. So if I make one, that's not very good, I'm going to try to make the next one better, but there's a very specific set of parameters that exist there. Yeah. Um, I think for most people better is, uh, you have to be very careful with better. Um, because our culture is obsessed with, oh, well, how many Instagram followers do you have? Oh, well, you're better. 
you know, no, no, you're not. Like, you look at who, what is, I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty, but he's like, don't boo me. I see what makes you cheer. Like, I, you know, it's so easy to lose, um, to go, wait a minute, is this what we actually want? I agree. Do we, do we actually want that? Um, yeah, I, 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 I am with you 100%. And I, I think the best way for understand what better means to us is stop comparing ourselves to other people that it's just a recipe for not only failure, but for feeling bad. And I, if we can, yes, it is subjective, but if we can be a little bit stronger, if we can feel a little bit better, if we can eat a little bit healthier every day, that Mm. is going to give us an opportunity to continue to, to improve. And yeah, we may, may never, like you said, we may, we're probably never going to reach the best. I, I know I'm not going to, but if we can continue to add elements into our lives that allow us to be the best version of ourselves, and there has to be some sort of contentment there and real and realization that we are living our very best lives. And I, I think that's extremely important. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I, it sounds a bit like the way I talk to people about goal setting, yeah. like, especially was on when I was in the gym, but, um, cause I was, I had athletes that I was helping build these programs over, but it's like, you need to make sure that your goal, whatever your goal is, is undeniably achievable. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, um, like a body weight goal is a crappy goal, right? Because it's an arbitrary representation of a feeling Yeah. for most people. Right. You know, if you're a fighter trying to make weight, then it's a little bit different, but I would say by and large body weight is just an arbitrary metric. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's based off of what an outdated chart, you know, body mass index is a chart made in like the forties or right. something specifically for white men. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't hold water. And, you know, every guy who's ever won Mr. Olympia is technically obese right? by the standard of a body mass index chart. Um, so I would tell my athletes, y- your goal needs to be something so inarguably tangible that if you hit it and still aren't content with yourself, you know what you need is therapy, not a new program. Right. So. If your goal is deadlift double body weight, there will be a day where you try and pull double body weight and you miss it. And then you there will be a day where you pull double body weight and hit it. Yeah. And you will be confronted with your achievement. Yes. And if what you've been trying to do is add enough weight to the bar so that you are a worthwhile person, the moment you hit that number and it you don't feel worthwhile anymore we can go, you've done something inarguably accomplishing. Yeah. Like you have done this thing. It is a thing you have done now. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have upgraded your character. Yeah. We, so if the contentment is not there, you know, you're trying to find something in the gym that you can't find there. Yeah. And that may cause somebody to go out and find it elsewhere. It might cause somebody to double down and continue to do it at the gym. But you can't, you know, the lesson can only be presented. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's that lead a horse to water thing. And uh, have you watched any of uh, Ted Lasso? 
I have not. I've heard amazing so about it. That's so good. Yeah. Um, it it is it is it is a refreshingly positive show. That's great. In a time in the world where uh, refreshingly positive shows are not yeah. uh, in overabundance. Yeah. Um, but the way as a coat, Ted Lasso is trying to bring the best out of everybody in spite of themselves and just presenting them with the opportunity to learn the lesson. Yeah. I, I was, um, I've, I've rewatched that show several times um, and just gone, okay, as a coach, I need to think about this one. As a yeah. coach, I need to think about this one. When is it time to push and when is it time to let it hang? And when is it time to say nothing? Yeah. Um, and just give somebody the opportunity to wade through the water on their own. Yeah. Um, but that's, that burden of responsibility falls on each of us to one degree or another. And it's good. It's a, in, in a, in a world where I feel like a, we are presented with so much ease. Yeah. Things could be so easy. I don't think we, um, I don't think we culturally have considered the, what we might be doing. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll give you an example. And, it, and like, I have an acting background, so a lot of it comes from this, but television is only about a hundred years old. Right. Okay. Before that, unless you went and saw a play, you, we had radio and then before radio, the your subconscious was populated with the faces of people you knew yes so you might have a dream about somebody um but it's somebody you knew if you read a book you populated the faces of the characters in the book with people you knew right we exist in a culture where celebrities show up in our dreams all the time yeah celebrities read you can get a celebrity to read your book for you um we think you know you see actors like tom cruise where you just go you don't really make characters i just think tom cruise's life has been kind of a trial yeah um some terrible things <laughs> happen to tom cruise all the time yeah um and then they come out and they so and we 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 form these connections with them you see the um the quizzes that go around, which Harry Potter character are you? Which Marvel character are you? We, we find ourselves in the stories. That's what the story is meant to do. Yeah. Is, you know, sometimes it can ease somebody through a transition of revelation to, to have a character do it alongside them. Right. But now we have these actors and they start to feel like friends. And so when such and such an actor comes out and says such and such a political thing, it has influence. Like, right. oh, right. you know, this monumentally important character in my life uh, says this political thing. Maybe I believe that political thing. Um, and I, I don't think a hundred years is long, a long enough period of time to get a decent sociological snapshot of impact. Um, especially when it just keeps growing and growing yeah. and growing and growing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the, uh, the comparison would be like, but the number of movies that my grandparents saw in a given year versus how many movies I see in a given year, yeah. like 
I'd be fascinated to know what the data is. Absolutely. Um, when sitting down to watch television is not a treat, but a matter of course, it there's gonna be some some impact. And so I I just think it's one of those of the many. It it would be very easy to go. It doesn't mean anything, but it could. Yeah, could mean something, and I think it's worth engaging with. Yeah, it's the second time in this podcast that I've gone off on a rabbit trail and forgot why I started. <laughs> no, man, it's all right, and I agree with you completely. Especially, I mean, celebrities, actors, anybody are becoming more and more available to us as they're in our pockets on Instagram, yeah. as you can hire them on cameo to have, to make personal videos for you. I, I, I understand the, I understand what you're saying. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's an interesting time that I don't know. It's, it's an interesting point that you bring up about, you know, how many movies your grandmother saw in a course of a year versus how many you see. I, I can't even imagine, you know, how many were made in the course of a year versus how many are made in the course of a year now. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just big. And, yeah. uh, you know, so before we got started, you, you asked me to think of a book and to think of a quote and I've, I've managed to, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I've like landed on it. And I only reason I got there was like, oh, it makes me think of the quote that I say all the time. I actually said this to somebody this morning. Um, But uh, in Jurassic Park, when uh, Hammond is explaining what he's done to the group sitting at dinner um, uh, and Jeff Goldblum uh, is like, you spent your scientists spent so much time wondering whether or not they could. They never stopped to ask whether or not they could. Right. I say that weekly and it's just going yeah you can should you right yeah you can should you it just because you can doesn't mean you should and i think we're 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 living in an age where first world cultures are obsessed with could yeah yeah should like and i'll maybe this makes me a conspiracy theorist i will never own a self-driving car ever ever because i saw irobot no yeah you don't you can't like really i i was watching an ad um it's been showing up on hulu all the time this couple is arguing about where they want to go get food and they're you know forget about the fact that he suggests sushi and then she suggests something she's like no i had sushi for lunch and then she suggests something and he says no and then he says seafood and she looks at him and goes you know i don't like seafood and i'm like woman you ate sushi that's seafood that's where that came from um but anyway and then they're talking and they're distracted and they almost rear-end a taco truck and yeah. the car breaks for them yeah i watch that and go it's awesome that we're getting vehicles that are capable of keeping people safe. Yeah. However, I don't want to put something in place that encourages distracted driving. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe that makes me a monster. <laughs> you know, it because you you don't get very far into that thought process before you're going, let the kids with peanut allergies eat peanuts because right. eventually there will be no <laughs> peanut allergies because they'll all be dead. Um, which is obviously not a healthy place to be, right. but to just go, we're, you know, we're doing the, when the car can drive for you, you don't have to look very far into the future before you see a populace that 
rides in a car that doesn't know how to drive. Yeah. And what happens then? And I don't know the answer. Maybe it makes me, you know, like the end is nigh. Right. But I'm going, um, you know, my wife can't read a map. Like a paper map. Yeah. Um, and she's only a couple of years younger than me. Uh, only reason I know how to read a map is because I was a Boy Scout. Yeah. But like every, everybody – preppers are crazy until you need a prepper. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not to say that people should be out prepping. But I just think as a, as a general rule, it's something that I kind of hold on to of going, yes, I could do this, but is it going to be of great benefit? Yeah. Um, yeah. Am I am I in the pursuit of leisure making myself you know, for lack of a better piece of terminology, easier to kill? Yeah. Um Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I you know, I had a, a guest on not too long ago. He he lives by the mantra, you know, I how how can I become harder to kill? And I it, that's always stuck with me and that's kind of what's kind of led me down this this journey to self-improvement and getting stronger and healthier and it's 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 always been a fascinating um question that I ask in the back of my mind. Yeah, and you know, maybe it's not harder to kill, but like it, am I am I of greater use or lesser use? Yeah. Sure, yeah. I could sit down and play this video game. But will I have, will I be of more use with an increased level of skill? Now, I say that knowing full well that when you and I were kids, our parents were like, you're never going to make money playing video games. And now there's some 12-year-old oh, yeah. making $12 million yeah. a year playing video games, and he doesn't yeah. even have a real name. I know. And so it's like, okay. So with my kids, I'm like, all right, what's the future? What's yeah. that thing that I'm going, don't do that. I couldn't do that, and you can't either. Um, that my son might be able to – no, but he wants to be an astronaut and nice. go to space to see if Star Wars is real. That's awesome. It's his, yeah, it's his rationale and motivation. But, That's um, awesome. Well, dude, I, I, I cannot thank you enough for not only having this conversation with me, but for creating such an amazing product. And I I mean, dude, I'm glad you like it. I really, really do. Um, and I, 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 it's something that I, I, I want to do, um, three times a week, if not more. And it's, I, I have dreams of, you know, getting into that flow state. I, you know, I save a bunch of videos that I see you posting and reposting on Instagram and I, I use those as inspiration. So it's, it really means a lot to me and I'm sure it means to a lot of others as well. Thank you. That it that helps. It it really does. Good. Because I mean, uh, like, I work alone in my garage. I, um, you know, the person I talk to most is my dog, um, and he's less than a great conversationalist. <laughs> um, yeah. And hopefully, there will be a time in the near future when there's a a gym and I'm able to be working with people more because I do miss that. But for yeah. the time being, the thing I need to be doing is making these things and speaking to individuals like yourself. So absolutely. It's, um, it's big. Oh, the book, the book, um, is the comfort crisis. The comfort it's, crisis. Yeah. It's not one. Um, it, it's, I decided to land on the book that, uh, is the most recently impactful. That's great. Um, written by Michael Easter. Um, great book. Uh, just lots of different people who have gone, you know, comfort is, is a drug and it is useful and necessary to occasionally put yourself up against the wall and go, I'm going to do something that I don't know if I can do. Yeah. 
I just love that. Because it's good for you. Like it's good for the brain. Yeah. Um, it's good for the brain. It's good for the soul. Um, and I, I was heavily impacted by, uh, that book. Uh, That's amazing. in the last six months. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I will, I will have to pick that one up. Um, I love that message. Um, and I do have a, a couple other closing questions too. And the yeah, next, yeah, yeah. the next I want to ask is what resources are you looking for, man? Like if, if somebody in, I don't know, here in Ohio or in California, they can, they, they hear your message and they say, I can help Sean. What is it that mm-hmm. you're looking for so you can continue growing? Uh, right now, the, fi- the, the hurdle we have to jump is in manufacturing. So every BAMP hammer that exists in the world, I made. Yeah. Like, by hand soup to nuts um and so that's the biggest hurdle we have i am limited in terms of the number of hours i have in a day like i'm do this but i'm full-time dad right so like as soon as i get off you know with you i close up shop i'll turn the lights off and then i'll go inside and i'm dad and it's time to make dinner and that type of thing so um that's really the big hurdle that we've got. It's uh, we've been turned down by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a heavy ask. They're going to, it's going to be some, um, you know, going to be rough, but we have, um, I, people are starting to come around to seeing how useful the tool is. Yes. Um, and once I'm not building all of them, I can dedicate more time to you know i'll i think i'm going to uh now that the world is opening back up i'll be at um i think i'm going to be at the spartan race in georgia nice with a table in april march or april um i'll be going to the music city fitness expo up in nashville over the course of the summer you know we'll be getting out and going to a couple places and and speaking to people more um which is great yeah uh but yeah that's the big thing um and honestly, I have no interest in maintaining control over the production side of this business. Right, right, right. Like, I want nothing more than for somebody to come along and be like, hey, I have the connections and the resources. Here's the amount of money for the patent. Yeah. If you will continue to make programming, I will take care of all this. Yeah. Gravy. Like, yeah. go. Go do it. I am a coach before i'm a welder sure so i would rather be coaching (laughs) um and you know i i just want to live in a world where this thing is helping people i think i'm going to be best utilized like explaining the path that i've gone down to people and go hey if you do that you're going to hurt yourself i know because i did that and i hurt myself yeah so don't do that (laughs) um you know it's uh i have a uh a highly specific set of skills. Um, and one of them is just, I've been whacking my head against this, <laughs> this hammer for almost a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say that for your audience there. There's one in particular, but there are a handful of companies making products similar to this. None of them make them the way that I do. But if you get a training hammer from a company that just treats it like a dumbbell, right. You're missing half the point. Yeah. More than half the point. Like, it's it's more than that so if you're looking at programming that's coming out and you see that's just that's a dumbbell exercise but with a hammer right uh 
be wary. I'm not even going to say don't purchase because right. it's your money and you do what you want. Um, trust, like invest where you want to invest. But yeah, uh, it there's more to training with a heavy hammer than just it's a dumbbell that looks like Thor's hammer. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, yeah, I will say if you ever have the opportunity, the Arnold Sports Festivals here in Columbus, I'm sure it's else. I don't know if it's elsewhere in the United States, but it's huge here. So if you ever get a chance mm. to come up here and bring a hammer. That's I'm over sure. the summer, right? It's actually in March. So it's it's every in March? spring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, so. I'll check it out. I don't know if we'll uh, I'll be able to get up this year, but it's one that has been brought up to me a couple of times. Yeah. Um, the nice thing is I usually don't have to get a table when I go to an expo for the first time. Right. I just show up with a hammer yes. and walk around with it and people go, <laughs> What is that? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason our t-shirts say, I see you staring at my giant hammer. Yeah, I love so that. So it's, it's pretty common. I love that. All right, man. If uh, you could leave the audience with one call to action, one that you live your life by or that you ask others to live their lives by, what would it be? Mm, um, uh, I don't know if I would say I, it's, it's been very impactful over the last couple of weeks, but I was, um, I was in the midst of a, a, a training session the other day it was going really badly i was not happy with uh how long it was taking me and uh i was in the middle of kind of sucking wind in between sets and the thought came to me that those who follow won't go where those who lead won't go by themselves yes oh, i love that and just you know because i'm not only am i like how arrogant to go, oh, I'm going to change the fitness market with this piece of equipment. But when the workout sucks and it hurts and you want to stop, just go, if there are those who follow you, they, those who follow cannot go yeah. where the leader has not already been. Yeah. Um, and they, so it, it just kind of stuck with me and I wrote it down and it's been one of those things that I've kind of touched on every you know, five or six times a day for the last that. couple of days. So that's awesome. That's, that's man. probably the one. I, uh, I was kind of hoping your call to action would be don't hit yourself in the face. Don't hit yourself in the face. No, that's just why I write it on the box. <laughs> um, don't hit yourself in the face. Uh, unless you need to, here's right. the thing. Some people, some people need, I, I tell everybody, listen, the, the hammer bounces, it recoils. <laughs> it's coming back at you. If you're not ready for it, it's going to hit you in the face. Yeah. And, if I say that three times and somebody hit themselves in the face anyway, I just go, you are, you're a learn by doing type of education style. Yes. You, you needed to hit yourself in the face with that hammer to learn this lesson. And I, I'm okay uh, with that. I came close once and never again. I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> Dude, I've hit myself in the face. Um, I've hit myself in the back. I, my shins have probably gotten the worst yeah. of it. Um, almost broke my hand once. Um, uh, is the only thing I haven't done is I haven't racked myself. Yeah. And I've only seen that happen once. Yeah. Um, and it didn't happen really the way you would have expected. Like he, so in, in terms of a, a kettlebell swing profile, it's a posterior chain loading. So you really need to make sure that the hammer is past center line before you really bend at the knee mm -hmm. and fold in half rather than squatting down towards the ground. Right. Um, if your audience isn't familiar with it, it should look more like, you know, a deadlift than a squat. Right. But if you squat while swinging the hammer, 
the head will hit the ground. Yeah, yeah. And the way it's traveling means it's coming back at you. So the guy squatted it and the head hit the ground and the momentum caused the handle to come around and like snap between his legs down towards the ground. And it tipped him on the way down and he was he was out for he was down for about 15 minutes oh that's a nightmare all right dude i, I felt so bad <laughs> but don't do that yeah the good advice all all all, all fantastic advice sean dude thank you so much if, if um if people want to learn more about you if they want to find the the bam hammer online what's the best place for them to connect with you um i'm in terms of content i'm most active on instagram it's just at bam hammer um b-a-m-f hammer but uh, on our website, which is bamphammer.com, there's a feature where you can um, text me. And uh, I field a lot of questions, you know, what hammer's the best weight? What what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I signed up for it so I could be easier to contact. So those two, Instagram and through the website. That's awesome, man. Thank you again. I look forward to, course, to staying you. in touch. I would love to do this again. If you make your way up here for Arnold sometime, let me know. Uh, Absolutely. We can swing together. That sounds awesome, man. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Once more, I'd like to thank Sean for joining me on the podcast, as well as for creating the Banff Hammer, which I absolutely love. If you have not seen the Banff Hammer in action, head over to my Instagram page at Trey Kaufman. I have a number of of videos on there of me taking out my anger and my frustrations all with one simple movement. I absolutely love it and I can't thank Sean enough for all he's created. If you would like to learn more about Sean and the Banffhammer, please be sure to check out the show notes at themosaiclifepodcast.com. I highly encourage you to check out Sean on Instagram. Reach out to him. He's a super nice guy, super receptive to anybody who just wants to improve their fitness. And obviously, as you just heard, a really cool guy. If you enjoyed this conversation with Sean, which I really hope you did, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That goes a long way in helping others just like yourselves discover the podcast. And of course, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast. It means the world to me. It's the reason why I keep doing this podcast. So thank you so incredibly much. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.